Hey, Matt Kleinschmidt. Yeah, buddy. Flipped over that cassette, flipped over the vinyl. How were your holidays? Holidays were awesome, man. So I celebrate Christmas, as do you, I believe. Yes, I do. How was your Christmas? My Christmas was great. Did you get everything you wanted? I got everything and some. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to know what the sum is, but the I'm sum assuming is, it was good. is the food that I ate. Oh, okay. So I'm still actually eating the food now. Okay, That's nice. why I'm recording from the future. Oh, so yeah, oh, yeah. we have about 30 seconds left in that microwave, so let's, uh, yeah, let's exactly. wrap up this let's intro. Go. All right, uh, Kotla McGlynn, Sean McCarthy, Jesse David Fox are joining us right now for part two of the year in review that was 2015. Here it is. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. We can't talk about 2015 without talking about controversies, right? There were a handful of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. skip this I mean, part. <laughs> Would you prefer not to? I don't know. Controversies, they happen all yeah. the time. I mean, I feel bad that we even said the Donald's name. <laughs> I don't want to give these other people more, Sean more publicity. <laughs> well, um, I mean, controversies affect comedy, right? It's fair right. to say that. It's part of the news. We want to talk about the skinny of... Protestant. We can do that. Yeah, all right. Well, from now on, we'll only say that. But, so it's uh, a lot more word, but it's more simple <laughs> than what his real name is. <laughs> What is oh, yeah, uh, what his real uh, name is? Josh, Josh something. Yeah. <laughs> Josh something. So he's not really. He probably getting... stole that from somebody too. And, I mean, uh, saying yeah. his name is only going <laughs> to hurt that Josh. name even more now. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think the the biggest controversy of the of the year well, was? Two clearly. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you have, you have... <laughs> It's hard to put them on the same scale. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Well, one is way worse than the other one. Let's just yeah. keep talking the about them without saying what much we're talking worse about. Than <laughs> every other controversy. All right, so let's start with Bill. Let's start with Bill Cosby because he's he's fired back now, right? He's he's sued six of these people that have tried to defame him and his character and all that yeah. good but stuff. But did he so rape anybody in 2015? <laughs> <laughs> I think by this point, people are wise to his action. Oh, I don't think man. he can stand up very long or do anything well, for very long. He hasn't been long. standing up. This is more of an old issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he's been sitting down I mean, for 35 years. Yeah, he's yeah. that on himself. Well, look, this this is a big story because it's, uh, it's infiltrated no, everybody's stand-up uh, act. I yes. mean, right? Mm-hmm. When this became a big story... You know, who's going to be the first to joke about it? Now we're all joking about it. Now too many people are joking about it. Now we're up in Montreal and people are joking about it. Right. It's, it's literally become 15 minutes of someone's 40-minute set. I mean, like, like it, Apatow is like oh, his yeah. closest yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is Cosby. Right. It's so so it's gone beyond a controversy now, right? Now it's like inside baseball. And, and I don't think it's that inside. Well, it's like everyone. Yeah, it's baseball. It just, it, it just, no, but I mean within the scene. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like it's yeah, people making jokes about the jokes. With Cosby, so I don't think it's that inside. Once that happened, this I think when the second one came out, yeah, but your my mom texted not... me. I knew he always was an asshole. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> I always thought he was an asshole. What did but, your mom know, and when did she know? I know that's right. I was but like, but <laughs> Matt, your your mom's also not going to the comedy store no, on a Wednesday night at one a.m. No. Right, and people are doing Cosby jokes there. Right, so. Well, it's funny because a Cosby impression is like one of the hackest impressions. Oh, 100%. And now it's like a doing a Cosby impression as a way of like sneaking in to get to do a rape joke is like a new... I, I mean, I haven't seen that many, but it does seem like it's a new way of is, combining two different hack things. I, <laughs> because they don't realize that like... I think they probably think they're the one that's like willing to stand up to big Bill, Bill Cosby, but I think everyone at this point is... Jumped oh, off the fence of that. Although on the the one bright note out of all of this is that it it finally brought Eddie Murphy back to stand up. <laughs>
No, he delivered stand up for the he, first time. I guess this is, technically, uh, yes, he, technically did, yeah. he did. Yes. He delivered a routine in his speech. Let's count the silver linings, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's count the silver with, uh, a, with a Cosby uh, impression. Uh, but but the, the Cosby it? impression brought him back to be able to. What he couldn't do at SNL 40. Or he, he refused could, to do he it. Refused to he, do, he could do it. He just didn't want By the it, time yeah. he accepted the Mark Twain prize, he was like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna run yeah, with it. That was what? A couple months different. So. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate a horrible, horrible situation like that is what's going to bring Eddie Murphy back with the hack impression yeah. that, that we're talking about. <laughs> but it's his hack. To be fair, everyone does his impression. That's yeah, right. Okay. True. But, so it's like, yeah, it's hack, but it's like, if, you, if you're the first person to do that joke, you still can get, I feel okay. like you're still allowed to do legacy. Like, I feel like it's hack to do uh, Christopher Walken, but like jay moore and uh kevin pollock Ke- kevin pollock can still do it yeah, like, okay. that's their thing. so who are these people still going to cosby's shows maybe the, they don't know about it <laughs> america no the, getting back to the chapter well matt, matt said even his mom knows I mean, what's going on with cosby yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's on. not going to cosby's shows no yeah. but she knows about it and people well, that are going to cosby's shows have to know about it about well there's basically yeah. like i mean there's the the number one tragedy which is that these women have uh experienced this and are accusing him of rape then the second much lesser tragedy which is why we're hearing about it talk so much is that these a lot of comedians this is their like first comedy hero and this is what they a lot of them kind of came up uh, admiring and now it's like processing through their jokes how they feel like wow i can't believe that this guy is not who i thought he was and then the people going to his shows are just the people that have yet to accept that and are defending him for whatever reason because like let's i mean even to this day he is still an alleged rapist yeah he's not guilty right it, well, well, he's not. It, he's guilt, in he's innocent until law. proven in a, guilty in a, in a court, court of law. law. Yeah, in the court of law, he's not guilty. Uh, Which yeah. he, I think, because of the nature of statute of limitations probably will just never happen. Right, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. become a thing where it's like, okay, well, the 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 chances that this person will ever own up to any of these crimes is very unlikely. So for now, it's just become like this topic of conversation for comics to joke about. And I think it's actually for some people, for some comics, it seems like it's a little therapeutic, just like dealing with the fact that just, like. Oh wow, my hero! It sucks. It's cathartic to cathartic. Yeah, I will say that I was probably one of the last people to interview him before the Hannibal set. Really? Um, oh wow! At the yeah, at the which I never even did anything with it because sorry, your interview got ruined. Yeah, <laughs> see, come on, that was the biggest tragedy, right? That's, yeah, that's um, the biggest tragedy. No, it was at the uh, comedy awards that year, whenever right. they did it, and it was the very very end, and I was the last person on the red carpet when they were starting, and so he, I got to ask him like one question. I think I. I asked him about doing South by that year. I was like, Oh, right. tell you me about South that. that year, yeah. And, um, he didn't answer the question. He started talking about how America needs better education for children with autism. He also put his hand on my shoulder to like steady himself. Cause he could like barely stand up. And it was the most bewildering minute Weird. and 30 seconds mm-hmm. of my life. Wow. And then like, I think a month later it was the Hannibal set. And I was like, wow, that was great. <laughs> Never wow. doing that again. Um, but so, I don't know, that recording is somewhere buried in my mm. stuff. Did any of you guys get to see his uh, special, right? The, the, the uh, what, 77 or whatever? The, the Netflix special never was? Yeah, it never came out, right? Oh, no, Did any of you guys no. get to see it? No. no, that was that was shuttered long before I think it even... Yeah, I didn't know if anybody got like an advanced screener or got to see it. No, the timing... It- he must. Did he film it even? He must, it, 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 it was filmed. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a release date, filming, and everything. So. Yeah, I was curious. I, you know, I'm wondering. Yeah. But I did. I saw him at the Count Basie Theater almost uh, a year before all the allegations happened. And like, I'll tell you what, it was still a very enjoyable stand-up set. Obviously, not knowing what I knew then. Sure. Um, but because I had seen, because I had seen Joan Rivers. 
And Joan Rivers to me was much more before she had died, and that was much more of a pandering kind of thing. Like it was very like, I don't know. She felt obviously. Joan, well, what I mean by that is like Joan is older. Yeah. And she was trying to tell jokes to like appeal to like a 13, 14 year old. Where Bill Cosby was still just talking about his brother Russell. You know. Yeah. Like, so. Well, Joan constantly was writing until constantly. Yeah, absolutely. Or, Bill just goes on stage, or well, I guess he still does. I would feel like it was, but no, he still well, just going. I yeah. don't know that he's had dates recently. He had a run in Canada when it all started happening, and people started protesting. But yeah, right, I don't but know. wasn't there from some Florida shows? Or yeah, something? but that was, that, was, that was the beginning Florida. of the year. That was. Oh, okay. I don't we, think there's been anything really in the last. Just, it's Florida. Can we just? <laughs> we, the thing is, like, we just assume really, Florida doesn't really. I doubt he's been able to book new shows. No, because because his agent dropped him up. I mean, like, yeah, and it also. But the thing was, like, because of the nature of the type of act he was, yeah. and um, he books really far in advance. Because I, yeah. I used to work at uh, William Morris when he was still William Morris' client. I spoke to him on the phone once. It was very exciting the time it happened. But, yeah, yeah. we he would book incredibly far in advance because he's pl- playing, like, performing arts centers and, mm-hmm. and yep. casinos. So it's he has a lot of maybe some legacy shows. But he's not, I can't imagine, he's going to book a new show. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't imagine either. All right, well that's enough of that. Um, and we're and we're not going to talk about the skinny whatever guy. We don't skinny we don't need Protestant. to go over that. No, but, let's uh, just forget that. Well, yeah. I will. I well, actually, I do actually want to talk about that really quickly because you talked to him right after I was the, the guy. I you were the right. guy oh, that got the interview right, right after the, the the scandal broke. Uh, Scoop. So yeah, yeah. I, it was a. I'll say this, which is I went into the interview like I try to go into any interview, which was like I'm not, I wasn't trying to get him. I wanted him to tell the truth. So then I was like, I want to give you a platform to be yourself and then instantly <laughs> he was super defensive mm-hmm. and he did not want to tell the truth he just wanted to and then um i think the thing that um i realized is that he's like he's a classic narcissist mm-hmm. and he has no sense of what he did so like he has no sense of right and wrong or other people's feelings so he didn't care like you, we don't know what he technically did because I don't know enough about how like things get pa- memes get passed around the internet. Yeah, but he definitely was an asshole about it and didn't care that he was doing. Like I, th- I think like we know as people follow comedy, which is people might accidentally do someone else's joke. Either they'll hear it or they yeah. might have similar parallel premises. thinking, and then or, someone yeah. will be like, "Hey, someone does this joke," and they're like, "I'm gonna stop doing that joke." Yeah, because I care about comedy or myself as a person creates. People be like, "That's mine." You'd be like, "I don't give a shit." Like, mm, the wow. internet's a thing, or like, I have a pool of guacamole. So that, fuck that you. was like the oddest thing about it is like he's like, "Yeah, I was doing crazy things before this, like sitting in pools of guacamole." It's like, well, how is that relevant? Well, they're to not anything? even. It's not like even like he's saying someone's saying to him, "That's mine." And he's saying, I don't care. The person's saying, that's mine. And could you just give me some credit and keep it up? And yeah. he's like, no. Yeah. Like, that's where it gets to be like, what's your problem, dude? Yeah, now he like credits whatever the last sources. Because, I mean, like, the truth is it's probably mm-hmm. incredibly hard to find the first source of yeah. things. Because mm-hmm. they get, by the time it gets to him, it's like, and it, I've seen it happen. Like, there's, like, Vulture News posts. We had uh, one of our writers did a really funny thing about pan, where he used the word pan in every sentence, whatever. And... It got stripped. The headline, the vulture.com, the writer's name, and it passed around Tumblr. It became a big thing on Tumblr. And someone tweeted, whoever did this is a genius. And I was like, hey, his name is Nate Jones. Yeah. <laughs> this is the post. And, like, if some internet person they didn't care. Like, that happens on the internet. The difference yeah. is if you're going to call yourself a comedian or be in that yeah. or just be a human being, you should care that someone created something once so, it's pointed out you should give it and a that was the thing in the interview where i eventually had to just like lecture him about how like <laughs> art and comedy and people's work is important 
and you can't just be like, oh, I'm like skinny dipping in daiquiris or whatever. And <laughs> what a oh, and it's basically that he's like he really that's not hygienic. Well, that's the thing, right? He, that's I guess the I don't health think, department. I don't, I don't think he give cares him about a, that either. Well, then he was like busted for having interns that didn't do work. It was like oh yeah, I mean it's just it's a, it's a very weird situation, and like I just I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about because I was like oh I gotta talk to Jesse about that. Yeah, Maybe I mean it was something you. where I didn't feel like writing up the initial story because I didn't give a shit about like this. I mean, like, I didn't really care about him. Like, I yeah. thought, it, and that was like, I wanted to hear what he said. Like, not because I thought I wasn't apologized. I just wanted to, like, have that saying. And I thought it was very important and I wanted to do it. And because it was already bubbling, and I was like, well, we won't write about it until we can talk to him. And then at first, they're like, all right, he's ready to talk in five minutes. I was like, no, I got to prepare for an interview. Oh, jeez. But the, a lot of the reason he did it, which is, like, not credit to myself, was because uh, he has a New York Magazine tattoo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's the so. same one that uh, Puff Daddy has, right? Well, I mean, it's a logo, so it's the same one. Yeah, yeah by nature. I'm he, saying Puff Daddy got it first, and oh, he, he stole copied it. it. Yeah, <laughs> well, he got it first. I feel like they might have both you know, for a while. You know, 2015 was the year, though, that Twitter started offering policies for just, people right, sure. to claim to claim yeah. that ownership ownership and, yeah. over over tweets. So. Have you guys personally? So there has been incremental stolen? progress on this. Like anything, uh, any jokes or anything that is stolen Nothing from I can you guys? For myself, I've had articles that yeah. people have plagiarized a little bit. Um, <laughs> like the point where it's like it could be parallel thinking, or like he might have read part of it and then like he shifted his conclusion. It just felt weird, uh, but not enough that I was like gonna go like. Hunt him down. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I can't think of it. I've been like truly addressed. Or uh, I've had, well, I've had over the years. I don't know about this year specifically, but over the years, I've had scoops that have just been rewritten without attribution. Oh, weird. That happens a lot. Like, I mean, like I feel like like I feel like half the news that happens in Hollywood. Howard Stern did it in an interview that no one seems to give like Howard Stern credit for that type of stuff because it's Howard Stern. That's that's the uh, the according to Deadline yeah. thing, right? <laughs> you know, it's like or, Deadline did. When, or we when, have learned when, you when know? Nikki <laughs> when Nikki Fink was still there, she did give me credit. Oh, oh there cool! You know, that's pretty, that, that's a nice was, cap uh, feather in the cap, which is in my Twitter bio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, prominently, prominently, all caps. Why'd you have to use all caps? <laughs> Told you. <ya. laughs> <laughs> Told you. All right, uh, this year we saw podcast. Podcasting uh, get legitimized, really. That's because right? we started one, uh, and maybe. I started one, and, 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 started and I one. ended mine. <laughs> She's like, "Oh wait, these two are in. Yeah, we're, I'm out. I'm out. This is where I check out." Too many. Um, I mean, the real obvious uh, thing to discuss here is the president going on Mark Maron's podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, this uh, like serial put podcasting in a new light, and it became a, a big deal and a credible source, and people cared and. And hey, look! These comedians are actually doing things that uh, are kind of influential and important. Um, any particular podcast moments that stood out for you guys, or, or a podcast that's out there that people should know about? Not enough people do. Uh, I mean, obviously, podcast. Other than mine, <laughs> Sean, yeah, no, this is where Sean plugs in. <laughs> well, no, no, that's fine. But, but I mean, look, it's it's like the conceptual shows mm-hmm. for stand up. The same thing is happening with podcasting. These comedians are yeah. doing very unique. Uh, interesting uh, things to the to the medium to the format, right? To well, make theirs different and stand out. I was gonna say, I mean, Marin had just such a year with like uh, Obama and the Lauren Michaels Lauren episode Michaels, sure. was great. Um, I interviewed Marin the day after the Obama podcast, which was kind of fun because he was just like still so excited and like reeling from it, and 
I guess now he has that coffee cup yeah. like under a glass photo, yeah. dome or something on the on the desk. But I feel like that was this was the year where Mark Maron's podcast didn't even feel like a comedy podcast anymore. Oh like, yeah, it really he started talking. It felt like and it really felt and it because he wasn't talking to comedians and because it was so interviewee, it really felt like it really was in a, like if you were the more NPR-y types, right? Yeah. Um, like for me, my Obama on Marin was when U2 was on U- You Talking U2 to me, mm. <laughs> which I was like, that That's felt like huge. a weird yeah. thing because that show was doesn't make any sense. Like I think like <laughs> Obama's like, so what does he do? Oh, he interviews? All right, I get yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, you have to tell Bono <laughs> there are these guys who are like famous-ish <laughs> And they're kind of talking about you, but not really at all. <laughs> and then that you two got the bits and then would be on it. And though the episode they're on was very odd, it was nice to listen to. It was like a weirder episode because they really felt like interviewing. That felt like comedy and like the comedy podcast was really legitimized when this huge band would spend time to like do bits with like Scott Ackerman. And, and like Adam Scott's on television, I mean, it's Scott's on television too. But like that felt like a real win for comedy um, in general. I guess it was like the scripts acquisition <laughs> to be like on the more boring side. Uh, that's like a big media company spending a lot of money to yeah. buy yeah. Earwolf and Midroll, uh, mm-hmm. and just you know, I learned this year just like how much money these big podcasts are making. Where it's like, you know, like I think we all knew from talking about it that like oh, maybe it'll work out or, like, maybe be a good way to transition to get jobs. And, like, truly, these are, like, career-level monies, these people. Like, yeah. Yeah, these you're are getting a lot of... Now, right? you can, I mean, you're getting over a million years. Well, just look at what Corolla's built. I mean, like, yeah. he can just, like, hang out and podcast once a day and literally have a staff and army of people with him. And, Katla, you and, you and I were both at the All Things Comedy panel at South by, right? Yeah. I mean, that was hearing... Great. Just hearing Bill Burr and Al oh, Madrigal yeah, talk about yeah, yeah. starting, oh, I sat next to you, starting their own business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did I sit next to you? No. Bill Burr is. You weren't well, sitting with us. Bill Burr is very much about owning his own stuff and yeah. owning his own things and whatnot too. So yeah, all things comedy is kind of like exploited too. Uh, the other podcast I would mention, uh, maybe this is a segue, uh, that was I thought was important but also heartbreaking was listening to Pete Holmes. You made it weird with Harris Whittles. Mm. When yeah. he when he was you know. And it looked like he was finally going to beat his his addiction demons, and then he didn't. Yeah. Right. But you got to hear Harris lay it all out on the table. I mean, it's <laughs> can't do anything but I thought we were having like a moment of silence or something. I, I, um, I don't know what we were having. <laughs> we were having a moment. It got um, weird. Well, well that's yeah, that's sad. It was one of the it's very sad big comedy. Um, Deaths this year. I don't know if that's appropriate way to put it. It was just. It was a. It It was a major moment. It also was very uh, interesting in that it felt like when I I found out because Twitter, like lots of people were retweeting Harris Whittle's jokes, which is like not that abnormal, but more than usual. And then I found out, and I was like, well, I felt the need to write about it because like I loved Harris like on Comedy Bang Bang, but like I interviewed him once, and he was like the funniest interview. Because it was over email, so he like got to write his answers, and mm-hmm. it was so so funny, and it really felt like it crossovered much more. Like like everyone was writing about this news, mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, Harris, I think in past would have been like more of like a like a comedy community type of death, where it's like the Hollywood Reporter and every and like mm-hmm. New York Times, everyone was like writing full obituaries about him, um, 
And it really, that like hit me really, really hard. I remember like I was not, I literally just went through, I was just going through his Twitter feed. Uh, I still now every once in a while think of one of his jokes and like see if it's on Twitter and then I uh, retweet it. This is just my hair swiddles memory. Well, I, know, I think I think also the seeing that like Aziz said something, Amy Poehler said something, Chelsea Pretty, these other big comedy people were talking about how awesome this one guy was. So people were like, oh well, even if they didn't know him, they had to go find out who this guy was almost right immediately. Um, yeah, there was probably what? a lot of discovery of, course, of him after ton the of fact. discovery yeah. after that. So well, I I think this also shines a light on podcasting again of how open people can be in these environments right. in this conversation because. You can't really do. You can't have these sort of conversations just on TV or out in the whatever. Because on stage, oh yeah, or in stage in a club because oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to ruin your career. Or like, oh, this guy's crazy. Or you know, whatever. This guy's problem. A lot of money to see this. Just make uh, sure, funny man. So podcasting has allowed people to really break down those walls and have a serious, deep conversation, and and hopefully help people in the end. Uh, you know, win over whatever situation they're dealing with. Or at least get off the chest. Uh, get it off your chest. Mm-hmm. Imagine holding something in for so long, getting to say it, and then now it's, you're like, oh, my God, I'm free. This is, this is fantastic. Well, I do think there – and it's – that we – I think there was a surprising willingness that we all have to just hear comedians talk. And what I think people – we knew or – it's like they are funny. So it's like we all have sad things happen to us. It's just the comedians are funny. I uh, – I don't know if you've seen Chris Gethard's show. Have you? Oh, right. Uh, which yeah, which one? Uh, Career Suicide. Yeah. So I interviewed him for a while because I was, uh, taped a, pil- a pilot for a podcast. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> and it's a podcast of, uh, about death. And so I talked to Chris Gethard for two and a half hours about death. And we were talking about why he decided to do this show because it's a really just it's for those who haven't seen it it's essentially it's an hour stand up storytelling thing centered around the three times he tried to commit suicide in broadly um and he's probably like as a comedian there's a luxury that like i'm funny like it's like mm-hmm. i have this i've been you know there's lots of people who deal with this but they haven't been didn't take like 4 years of ucb classes and been doing like stand up for 10 years and there is that gift that they you know we all have these things but they are able to articulate it better and make it so it's not just so heavy like i think there's something that episode with harris is really really funny still and it's not just like a person there is something that's illuminating by hearing someone be able to talk about it but also have some levity to it hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, it's interesting, actually. Uh, Pete Holmes just did an interview with Dave Attell on You Made It Weird that just came out. And... On the way over here, I was listening, and they were just oh, so talking. Uh, what's up? <laughs> so oh, yeah. It's <laughs> funny. We're so on brand. Um, <laughs> but so they're talking about, you know, it, they were talking about um, comedians like Greg Giraldo and 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 Mitch Hedberg and people that uh, that were, you know, kind of succumb, you know, succumbed to these, like, substance issues and how podcasting could have helped them a lot if it was around. Like, imagining mm. if Greg Giraldo had a podcast yeah. and was able to, because they talk about how he had a hard time finding, you know, like, getting picked up for you know pilots or getting deals but then they don't really ever come through and he never really got to that point where he found his niche and then 
you know, obviously uh, bad things happen. And so it, it was really put that into perspective. You know, it's it feels interesting like it, to think about. Yeah. It would have helped. It might have been a good medium for a lot of these comics, you know, and they were interesting. Like, imagine if like Bill Hicks had a podcast, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, It is like therapy, right? Well, that's the Mark Maron. Yeah, that's the rags effect. to riches to rags. to riches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. One hundred percent. Yeah, like he, that he's, he's openly him. said that yeah. podcasting has saved yeah. his life. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that's a game changer. So thank you guys again for being on our podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're saved welcome. my life tonight. Oh, well, I guess now we're going to say goodbye to Sean. He's got to get out of here. He's got some uh, articles I've got, to I've write. I've got another podcast. <laughs> yeah, got another podcast to do. All right, Sean, a pleasure, man. Thank oh, you thank so you, much for uh, swinging by. We appreciate it. I know you this year. Yeah. Let's do it again next year. <laughs> yeah. It's always good. As long as I know you, I know I'm alive and I know you're alive. So that's a, that's a plus. <laughs> All right, man. Cheers. Yes. The thing that I, that I don't discount podcast for is that people have been saying everyone has a podcast for four years. Like, I've been writing about podcasts long enough that I know that there was that first wave with, like, WTF and Comedy Bang Bang and How Did This Get Made? And then as soon as there's that second wave, mm-hmm. like, When You Made It Weird came out, people yeah. were like, I don't know, man. Everyone has a podcast. Yeah, right. And then, like, another year later, Chelsea Peretti's and whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. and then it was like, I don't know. Everyone has a podcast. And then, like there's room for more and that was like before really there's monetized and i feel like there's definitely not case that there everyone has a podcast is proof positive i do think what we'll see what i think will be interesting is when shows are like podcasts are like tv shows and they're like yeah this runs for six years or five years and then they do like then they do something different th- right? yeah like i think I mean, think about this. We're we're at the point now where comedians are going back and watching old television shows. True, and it's a great format. For and it. it's a great doing idea. podcasting yeah. on it, right? And then that's now a huge fucking thing. And then we're selling tickets for twenty five dollars so people could go watch them do it, when oh, you can dude, get it for free the next day. Dude, like I'm, I'm mystified. Was supposed to be a Comic Con New York this year, sold out Hammerstein right. in a very quick period of time. I mean, the show it ultimately did not happen because of other things, but. Sold out Hammerstein. No, like, they, they're, they, that's podcast I feel like it's slowly just going to be, like, not every episode's live, but I feel no. like they slowly will do that because the they The live ones are so much better. Yeah. But, but they can make, which ones are? I said the live, how did this get made, are so much well, better. I think yeah. almost all right. live of the I, funny episodes. Are at least mm-hmm. every other one mm-hmm. I feel like is live at this point. But yeah. they can, they also, it sounds like they sell those shows out at Largo, like, in minutes when they put yeah. it out for sale. So why not? Like, why not capitalize and make, uh, and, have another revenue a lot show? of listeners. For well, it makes the energy better, is, you know, like, they are, I mean, it's uh, hundreds of thousands. They are, oh, yeah, they are sure. the the one of the largest podcasts, and then that of ones that are s- funny, like I, like WTF is bigger, but it's like interviews, so it's like whatever. But like, how does Good Made has been huge, and then you know there, and I just remember when it started, when the comedy podcasts were started happening. Mm-hmm. There was like a debate of like, oh, you know, how long will it last? And like, will we ever really be able to monetize it? And now we can. So people know that some people can monetize yeah. it. But there is this like weird power imbalance. And now everyone's like, wait, you, there's, there's, there's money, money in those hills. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like, yeah, I mean, some can really like, you know, Lauren Lapkus, I think, launched her podcast this year. And it's been doing it's been building. And Paul Tompkins launched another one. And that's been really good. Um well, but it helps when you're established. It right? helps when it does help, yeah. But like Lauren Lapkus is not famous. She's like famous for people listening to Comedy Bang Bang, right? But like you know, her biggest role is like her like five episode arc on like Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, she's, she's definitely like, not or, a name. She's always like the quirky friend or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, eventually she'll have like a big break, but it is it is crazy. You're not gonna go with Jurassic World. You're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Jurassic. I always forget about Jurassic her World. and Jake Johnson. Right? They were the. Uh... 
They were kind of like comic relief. Yeah, that's sorry. Now, now yeah, she's that that put her over. That's what put her over, Mark. But yeah. who do you think <laughs> watch Jurassic World? Is like, I wonder if she has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One person, maybe if that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, podcasting is definitely uh, you know it's growing and it's still growing and it's going to continue to grow until I don't know what. Ha- who knows what's going to so happen with it? It's unpredictable. The it, by the time we get rich and famous, no, it, that's. It's going to be a dead... I don't dead think you guys have to worry about the bubble bursting in any way. Yeah. Oh, It'll okay. be funny once they all going. get their pilot deals. Like, they all run through... Like, everyone has one. Throwing Shade now has their pilot <laughs> yeah, development deal. Yeah. So each will get their one. And then what happens that... Whatever the time is where all the big ones, they've all had pilots that didn't work out. And then it's like, well, what are... Do, pe- do people still do them? That'll be the question when they all have completely, like, reached that. Sure. Well, what I, I, th- what I think the smaller guys have benefited for, it helps them d- it helps them talk yeah. to an audience consistently. Like, I was mentioning this earlier, is uh, I'll go back to Nate Bargatze. He was at the Stress Factory this weekend, which is the, the club near my house. Yeah. So I went and saw Nate. Um, Nate probably can't do the Stress Factory again for at least another year. Yeah. But if Nate had a podcast, he could talk to that audience once a week. And just kind of he keep should. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's just he, like a funny guy. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I love his voice. Yeah, yeah but, but great, like that's right? that's a good example so of like just being able to consistently talk to people and put out a product that those people like can consume. So next time you're in town, your crowd doubles. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's on top of that. Yeah, and I mean, they're your crowd. And especially and they're your that crowd. Was like, oh, that was yeah. the first thing, which is like people like we're not making money, but like the audience actually knows who I am. Yeah. So I don't have to like try to have to spend my first 10 minutes being like well this is kind of my thing yeah. right yes. and on board people who are like there for a bachelor well, I mean, party Robert Kelly who owns Riotcast is, is a great example of he he did a lot of time on Opie and Anthony and he, for the longest time the ONA fans were his fans now he has his own fans because he has a very popular podcast yeah. so I think from that perspective it can kind of put you on that next level it's All the right. perfect compliment to comedy career all right, let's switch gears here. Uh, another big event that took place in 2015, Saturday Night Live celebrated their 40th season. Pretty crazy. 40th um, year, right? No, this because the it's 40th, the 41st season oh wait, now, no. but it's yeah. the 40th, 40th year as well. Yeah, yeah. So this is the 40th year. Last year was the 39th year, but the 40th season. It's kind of that whole <laughs> dicky thing where you have to say, well, it's the 12th century, but <laughs> yeah. actually, it's mm-hmm. you know 13, whatever. So, um, so SNL 40 happened. That was a thing, and and uh, and now it is the 41st season we're experiencing right now. But, um. We were hoping for Eddie Murphy to kind of come back, right? And he showed up and waved. Yeah, you know, I'm but, not surprised uh, by that. Yeah. Because, well, because Eddie was big when Lauren wasn't there. That, I think you know Lauren what I mean? would, if he was like, I want to do five minutes. I, yeah. If you want to do any of his characters, you'd be like, whatever. Like, yeah, whatever you want. Character. But he's also had a love-hate relationship with them ever since, like, didn't, like, Spade. Oh, that right. Spade yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to know how booking that episode went. It must have been, there must have been so much, so many compromises made. Right. Or, yeah. like, just based on who they couldn't get, who they could get, how many people they had to leave out, that kind of thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was if. I mean, they months and months because it basically invited every single person who yeah. was ever to be around, and then and even the writers all came back, like Mulaney and all those guys came back to write for mm-hmm. it too. I think did uh, did Al Franken? I wonder if Al Franken wrote anything. I don't oh, know, but I know Mulaney wrote the Seinfeld uh, Larry yes. David audience with Sarah Schneider, yeah, yeah, Kelly, yeah, yeah. So. which is so funny, and yeah. so uh, which I talked to him about, which was like arguably like it was during, uh, as he said, the last episode of Mulaney aired on the SNL forty. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, that same Sunday. Oh, that's no right. He's either. like, a little thing that no one knows <laughs> is that, um, and, but that weekend is when he really knew it was over. Anybody's spending that week with Jerry Seinfeld, which was mm-hmm. his idol. Um, so this is weird mix of emotions, and Jerry being like, look, not many people have shows with their last names as the name, so take it as it is. And he got to write 
like that part with him and Larry David was yeah. one of the funniest things of the year. <laughs> yeah. And that's like unrelated to SNL. <laughs> yeah. It was just like a funny yeah. bit. It was like, we were so famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I was just rewatching the This Is When You This Is When You Break video that Lonely Island did. Oh, that's when you break. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was so funny and also so speaks to what is good about SNL, which is so many of its fans are like fans of SNL's like entity. Mm-hmm. And like it's like before there was like really comedy nerds, there was like SNL nerds who like they knew what breaking was, which is like yeah. it feels like a thing that like outside of SNL no one would really know. And because of SNL, I think I was surprised I think like 30 Rock and Tina Fey's like talked about it a little bit more, but that felt like so inside, yet everyone knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Also, it was, so, it was so popular. That show was so well watched. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, wow, people really care about comedy in this context. And it was a comedy show. It wasn't just like, let's celebrate. It was like, it was. The, yeah, they put funny. on a show. Yeah. yeah. It was sketched. They had a host, in theory. Steve Martin was the host. He came out to the monologue type of thing. So, yeah. It was, Did you guys go to the exhibition? Did you guys uh, do that here in New York? Oh, yeah. Did you do it? Definitely. It's pretty cool. As check it out. Get yeah, a chance. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's good till the end of the year. They might extend it a smidge. But, yeah, if you get the chance, swing by. Like You'll appreciate sets, it. What is it? Sets, costumes. It basically is like, set up by day of the week. Yeah. So, it's like, this is what we do on Monday. And you walk into Monday oh, and the right, concept yeah. writer's room. And they, and they didn't do it by year, like chronologically. And the idea behind it was there's multi-generations of SNL so if you're a grandfather and you're going with your grandkid and you're both SNL fans grandpa will get the same a similar experience on the Monday as the grandchild right. yeah it's really interesting it, it's really well done and there's really cool artifacts in there too some of the early transcripts and like telegraphs that were sent all the things getting... handwritten notes from Bill Murray to Lauren yeah. Michaels is like I was here on time but no one else was so I left <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah it's pretty so cool stuff like that you'd really dig if you're an SNL or comedy nerd alright uh, well I want to thank you guys for being here really appreciate it thank you uh anything you're looking forward to in 2016 as far as comedy let's do some predictions predictions. yeah you want to do predictions okay you know we declared 2015 the year of amy schumer okay so let's make some predictions what's uh who's 2016 gonna belong to well kevin hartwell will release a special and it'll be a big deal okay and you'll have ride along so it'll be a lot um i mean it's gonna be ghostbusters i feel like it's Yes, Ghostbusters. I'm most interested to see. There's everything around that. One, Melissa McCarthy was a movie star. She will continue to be a movie star. That's not a big surprise. Yeah, no more Mike and Molly, right? Yeah, uh, which is like now that she'll even be like double the amount of time she'll be a movie star. But it's weird because Kristen Wiig hasn't starred in a mainstream comedy since Bridesmaids. But every time she does anything that's comedy, like she was on uh, the first day of summer, the... With the camp, what out America? What out America? America, summer. America first she day, was yeah. on that, and she was funny in like the three scenes he, she was yeah. in. Or she was so funny in Anchorman too. I remember, and no one like. Yeah. And she's gonna be in Zoolander too. Yeah. So it's like great poster that, that they put oh, out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like is Kristen Wiig gonna like maybe we'll be a comedy star again? Um, but then like what happens to Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon's careers after that? I think Leslie Jones' career in general is like a very amazing thing. Yeah, I mean the story of it's great. I yeah, mean, I think she she's started just so get late in life, and you know, yeah, I mean, like she popped. And... Yeah, I mean, so like everything around that, beyond that, I imagine will be a giant phenomenon and make a lot of money, which is exciting. It's just like what will, what are the ripples of those people's careers, uh, other than Melissa McCarthy's, which will be continue to be the biggest. Yeah. By the way, comedy. Spy so good. Oh, so good. You, yeah, you guys like it? Did you like it, Carla? I didn't see it. Oh, you should. So bad. I'm like it's, a bad. It was my favorite lady. comedy of the year, though. I liked Sister. I think I might have liked Sisters more because yeah, did you? I, I saw Sisters also. It was, it was like it was hard. Good. There's some really, really funny hard mm-hmm. jokes because Paula Pell wrote it, and mm-hmm. like Tina, Tina's such a good verbal improviser mm-hmm. that like in terms of like oh, and Bobby Monahan and 
Bobby Monan in that movie. Yeah, I don't want to say anything. He really lucked out. Like usually that's like a star turn. He got he got to have that role, which is 100% of scenes are laugh line jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the, the, the what I'm most concerned about sisters and this this podcast air afterward is it's going to obviously go Star, star Wars. Wars is like. But then again, Star Wars is going to make Alvin and the Chipmunks go away. So I guess it's not that bad a thing. <laughs> I think <laughs> sort well, of a trade-off. Yeah, it will be interesting if there's any room. room any it. room for anything else. Yeah. I mean, those, those, there well, ha- there has people to will be. know by the time this podcast is live, but we are all speculating at the point. I'm trying to think what else big will happen. It's hard yeah. to know yeah, I, comedy I, things because people don't really know. Hannibal has a special coming out in February mm-hmm. that will be awesome because it's that set. And I feel like it, it's a Netflix special. I feel like I, I think that's... I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Like, my his publicist pitched on it, so I think that means it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, it's um, fine. She didn't say, "Don't tell anyone." So that special, I think, will be really big because the thing that I love about these Netflix specials is they look freaking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mulaney's like, looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, Mulaney's like, like, looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like compared to like Comedy Central, that only has so much money, and you know, good for them. They allow you know, Bark Arts and Kyle Kinane specials were awesome, regardless of how it looked. And even the HBO specials look okay, but these Netflix specials, it's almost like, like put money in visuals. And so, like, I want to know what Hannibal's will look like. Do you, you know what we failed to mention? I'm mistaken. Che taped one, too, for Netflix. That's oh, too did out. he? I, I, so I, I heard when Che was going to put yeah, it Yeah, I, I heard he taped one that's going to put oh, it on top of the year. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a big year for Che. Yeah, yeah. Um, year for t- for you know, and I wonder if Hannibal, this will be... Because Hannibal had a show last year, and we right. totally forgot about it. <sighs> yeah, well, kind of came and went. It wasn't. It's, it's ended. Well, the, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the pilot was, was the biggest thing that ever happened. Like when <laughs> when uh, they oh, put out the the, uh, the, the unreleased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The working. So it'll be really thirty jobs type yeah. pilot. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be like you know I think we all everyone who's followed comedy closely for the last five six years Hannibal was the guy. Right. Hannibal was like the next guy, yeah. and it was like there's. I remember every time because are you trying to say he's the Carrie Elways of comedy? (laughs) (laughs) Are you trying to say no? It's just always because like everyone asks Aziz who's the next big comedian is always Chelsea Peretti and Hannibal because those are people open from the and everyone and then Chelsea had her TV show and like Chelsea's huge and her Netflix special is awesome but it's like when is Hannibal going to be the thing that we're all like this is Hannibal? Well, I'll tell you this: I I went to the the Daddy's Home press junket and press conference sure and. All anyone wanted to talk about was Hannibal Burris, <laughs> and even the guy moderating it from Rolling Stone. I, I for, forgive me, I can't remember his name, but he literally just opened up by saying, "Hannibal, can you just be in every movie ever?" And then interviewing the director afterwards, he goes, "Every line Hannibal did was improv; it wasn't on script." And we're like, "Oh shit, we got to figure out how to put that in. Yeah, yeah. We got to we got to put that in the movie." And uh, it's I think he's ready to finally, you know, I think take finally over. He's touring theater, so he's yeah, not yeah, small, yeah, yeah. but he's it's just small. No, but I mean, make it, you know, to where Kevin Hart sat. Square Garden. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just like your brother, who's not a comedy fan, doesn't know the name Hannibal Burris yet. No. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what I think we want. I mean, I also think Why just wasn't the right type of show for him. If it wasn't a type of show, it was yeah. like, maybe it's a sketch show. It was just yeah. like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, and he pretty much confirmed that show's over, so, yeah. All right, any other thoughts on 2016? Big predictions? Ah, it's hard to say. Does anyone retire so from comedy? so many good thoughts. Um, Keep on saying it because I feel like there's one more that I can <laughs> <laughs> what I about, say. I say that I think that, like, as far as this decade so far in comedy, like, I mean, I don't think that the the next, like, decade doesn't, I just did air quotes, the next <laughs> decade doesn't feel like it ever, like, really starts until about, like, four years yeah, yeah, into course. the decade. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the last t- like this year sort of signifies i think the way the next like five years are going to be i think the talent pool right now is unbelievable oh, it's yeah like it feels like a strong time in comedy and it just seems like 
I don't even know what the next thing is because like every aspect of comedy right now is so strong I with do, podcasting and specials in, and tours and mm-hmm. like the when Louis had a show, every co- comedian was like, "I want a Louis." Yeah, like, I, you I guys want, can't do it. I want Louis and, and the Louis been, deal. Yeah, yeah, we've been proving that. Like oddly enough, the format of like a comedian-led dramedy is like yeah. pretty fruit. Like yeah. um, with Master of None. Um, Marin, Marin, Tig's pilot. I don't know if you saw. Is one of my favorite half hours of television that have, has ever existed. Wow! And that'll be picked up, and that will come out this year. Pete has a pilot that's basically right. the same thing, yeah. and he'll probably have a special. Yeah, they filmed just down here, just yeah. downstairs. Uh, so I, f- I feel like so Pete might have a big year if that if that show gets picked up. He'll probably have a special of some sort, and that will be great because he's. He's due for one. He slays, by the way, man. And I'm like, always Kamel's satisfied due for a special. Pete. I feel like Kamel Nanjiani still we, hasn't had his thing. We, uh, yeah, we know this. <laughs> What's that? Kamel is due for a special. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll tell. We'll talk about. I know off, he's, we'll talk about off podcast. I mean, and he's recording with an hour. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I feel like even his last it may, special it may or may not have taped already. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was is gonna say. Tangentially related to that is that I'm excited for the MST3K reboot. Yes, with I'm right there with you. I'm a, Everyone's I'm involved a, with that too. Hampton yeah, Yount right? signed on. Hampton Hampton signed on. Just Baron Vaughn. Yeah. Baron Vaughn. Yeah, not, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm an I'm an old. Were you in the fan maker. club? I was in the fan club, man. I don't think I was ever I in the swap fan club. Tapes. I mean, I've seen so many. <laughs> yeah, Space Mutiny, my favorite. Girl in Gold Boots is a second favorite. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see that with Patton and Jonah and. And and there you go, a show turning its face to people that have rejected yeah, it, yeah. and even trying to get re, you know rebooted, and he's like, fine, we'll just do it on our own. And now those people that rejected it are probably like, oh, we probably should did what? something with that. Like, I think it was like the the most successful Kickstarter yeah. of all time or something. It's unbelievable. Well, Veronica Mars, which was and before Super that. Troopers Two was up there too. Yeah, yeah, that, that one that like made shot three or four million. Well. Right? That made like a lot of money in a very quick yeah, period of time. Well, I, I can't even remember the initial. It's it made six or something, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money for people who arguably have I mean, money and already. It just became a thing. I mean, yeah. like that. I mean, like that's that, frustrating. That's probably the earliest. It's like the Zach Braff thing. Remember when he did the Kickstarter because for I wish yeah. I was here? And it was like, what are you well, doing, it's, dude? It's ultimately like they are like, well, I put my own money in, yeah. and then I saw this is totally unrelated, and you might you can cut it out. But Kangol is kickstarting. Kangol like company. the hat company. Like the hat company. Because they're not like. Going out of business or kickstarting to send the machines to America from China, and you're like, wait, so you're just like a regular company? That's wow. just like a regular. So you want to pay to subsidize your move? To that, you know, I feel the same way with <laughs> bands when they're doing the like pledge music. It's like you should have saved your money. Don't you know? Well, <laughs> like, don't ask for forty dollars from me in hopes that the album might be good. You know what I mean? Like, well, it depends on the band too. Like, yeah. Murder by Death is one of the most successful pledge music bands or Kickstarter bands of all time, and but they've also haven't had a label and they've been self funded by their fans for the last couple records. Yeah, and that's fine. But 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 if you're a fan and you're going to do whatever, you're going to buy the yeah. album. But somebody who doesn't know, like, yeah. in the hopes that maybe you know they're going to put out a good album. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, we hope at the end of crowd f- crowdfunding. That's <laughs> our. There you go. We get to that's that. our HBO overtime. Go to YouTube to check out that portion of this podcast. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's go around. Give out the socials where people could track you down. Websites uh, where you know where you want people to discover you if they if they didn't know you already. So, uh, Katla, we'll start with you. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's just uh, my name K A T L A M C G L Y N N at at 
what? I'm about to say my email address. Can I start over? <laughs> at Twitter.com. Uh, at Twitter.com. <laughs> Let me just restart that. Um, yeah. You can find me on Twitter. It's just Kyle McGlynn, at Kyle McGlynn. Verified. Cool. And it's verified. verified. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you probably search my name. You probably find on tw- Twitter because it's verified. But it's... Um, <laughs> It's really it's just at, driving it home, buddy. Oh, it's such a day when you do it. <laughs> I can't and wait you know, till it, get, it gets unchecked after yeah. this podcast. Do you remember where you were? I remember where I was. <laughs> the big thing, actually. <laughs> if you're wondering what the big thing that happens when you get, you get a bunch of followers who are like, who are these people? <laughs> right. Like, they're, they're people that, that the type of people that have like 40,000 followers and they and they have four, they follow 40,000 people. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like, those weird creeps. You, I have a lot of those creeps. Um, so it's not all uh, roses. Uh, I am at Jesse David Fox. Jesse is spelled without an I, just in case you wanted to spell it like a girl. It is J E S S E, and then David like David and Fox like the animal. And, you know, <laughs> Could you'll you find Can you explain that a little bit more? And vulture.com <laughs> is spelled like that animal. Uh, and. Uh, and who wants to do a Sean? Uh, who wants to do I, a Sean do McCarthy a Sean impression? impression. Uh, Sean had to leave early, so yeah. Yeah, all right, so. There's his handle. Well, well, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, you can find him obviously at the Comics Comic. He is the Comics Comic. Uh, he also freelances for Decider, mm-hmm. and uh, he has his own podcast, Last Things First. And then you can find him on Twitter at the Comics Comic. Sure, Sean L. McCarthy. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. He's I am Klein Schmidt. Yeah, I'm, I'm at Mark Says Hi, and uh, follow us at the Laugh Button and all the socials, everything. We got the merch store. You know the deal. Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year, and we're all very excited for 2016. Cheers. Yeah.